On this week's episode of The Dog Father, we have a football weekend recap. I discuss my competitive personality and I explain why my dog is a stud in public. Welcome to The Dog Father. I'm your host, Kyle Chassie. This is the show about my dog and my life. Let's get into it. What a tough weekend. Jeez. Especially as a Green Bay Packers fan. Oh my gosh. Embarrassing. I'm depressed. I am severely depressed after that game. I'm not happy. No. The only thing that makes the Packers loss better is how incredibly good the other games were. So if you didn't watch, Packers, the number one seed, lose to the San Francisco 49ers, 13-10. A mess. We, as a Packers fan, in the season that we were having, I expected to go all the way. I expected to be in the Super Bowl. I got honeypotted as a Packers and a football fan. My expectations were so out of control. But at the same time, I feel like that they were so justified we have Aaron Rodgers leading leading the ship. I mean, what more could you ask for? Gosh. Ah, it still it stings. It that's what it does. It stings. Let me let me break it down for you even further. Aaron Rodgers is 11 and 9 in the postseason. He is 0 and 4 against the San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs and has one Super Bowl win. Two other guys with that same playoff record Troy Aikman and Roger Staubach. Troy Aikman has three Super Bowl wins. Roger has two Super Bowl wins. We need to bump those numbers up, Aaron. Damn it. Especially since it might might be his last game as a Green Bay Packer. That stings. But like I said, the other games, wow, that helped out. Holy shit. They were so good. Look, my, my emotions, I'm normally not emotional when it comes to sporting events or sports teams or stuff like that, but I was on a roller coaster of emotions this weekend. After the Bengals won, oh, hell yeah. I was impressed. Go, Joey B. You the man. Packers lost, yeah. I'm checking WebMD for signs of depression, sure. Rams take down the Bucks. Super excited. Happy to see Tom Brady eliminated from the playoffs. The Bills lost to the Chiefs. I was shell-shocked. I stared at the TV for five minutes after the game, just trying to collect myself and my thoughts, wondering what happened. I would have been okay if somebody came out of nowhere and smacked me across the face. I would have said, thank you. Thank you for getting me out of that because I don't know if I was ever going to come out of it. What an awesome weekend, though. That was kick-ass. But like I said, I've never really been phased by uh, seasons ending. I mean, I think of two in particular in my lifetime, and that was when my high school baseball career ended. We were in the uh, final four my senior year, and we lost, and I had teammates crying, and I was just kind of like, ah, yeah, we could have played better, but I'm going to go play baseball in college. Sounds really bad. Maybe, maybe I should have been crying, but I wasn't. And then my college career ends. Uh, I stopped to get back surgery. And I was like, well, this pain kind of sucks. Get me the hell out of here. I don't want to keep playing with this. So uh, I, was, I was okay with that. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's strange 
that I was so emotional this weekend. Maybe it's because it could have been Aaron Rodgers' last game as a Green Bay Packer. I don't know. There's too much to unpack there. But something that I can take away from this weekend is how impressive it is that these guys compete at the level that they do. I mean, I appreciate the hell out of it being a competitive person myself. I'm just competitive in my day-to-day life. I mean, emptying the dishwasher. Yeah, I've got a system. Silverware first, bottom drawer, top drawer, dishes, then glasses, and then then you reload it. Come on. I'm even wiping stuff down, getting all excess moisture off of every single thing that's being put away. I don't know. It's just a competitive, the competitive spirit of Kyle Chassis. And then my morning routine with Kevin. Yeah, that's going to get competitive. How quickly can we get all this stuff done? It's 14 degrees out, Kevin. How quickly can you go pee and poop? Kevin knows right when we wake up in the morning, he's on the clock. I ain't waiting for nobody. It's go, go, go. I'm even competitive in friendly games. I mean, things like pool, darts, cornhole, spike ball, ping pong. (sighs) Ping pong. Ping pong and pool, that's where it heats up. The occasional cornhole game, but ping pong and pool. I'm the guy in the group of friends at a bar where somebody decides to get a pool game together. I'm like, all right, hey, game time. 10 minutes. I'm going to get this dynamic warm up in. You look over, I'm doing like lunges and some shit. I'm rolling the pool cues out on the table, declaring to everybody, hey, this is the one I want. This is the one I want to use. Everybody's like, all right, Kyle, chill, man. I was even competitive in school. I remember my junior year, I was in this law class and we had this mock trial where each side had to give their argument and then each side also had to do a rebuttal against the opposing team's initial argument. And I was the rebuttal for my team. And I remember before the actual trial, teams would exchange information of what points they were going to cover just to show that they covered all of their points to the teacher. And I knew something weird was going on with the team we were going up against because they just kind of acted really sly and whatnot. And so I'm researching all of this stuff, making sure I have all these extra points covered. And sure enough, day of the trial, they give their initial argument, they rebuttal, whatever, and they bring up something that they didn't initially mention to us thinking we weren't going to be prepared and that they were going to be the ones to win the argument. Uh Uh-uh, not against me. I knew you were going to do something and I was ready for it. My rebuttal comes around. I lay into them. Each person gets like three minutes to talk. And at the end of my three minutes, my teacher goes, okay, Kyle, that's enough. And I was like, I'm not done. She goes, no, 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 that's enough. And I was like, I know, but I'm not done. She goes, Kyle, that's the end of the argument. You won. And I like look at my other, the other, my other classmates in the room and everybody's just like, oh my God, thank God we're not going up against Mr. Crazy. I just, I couldn't stop. I wanted to win the argument. And I was pissed that this team tries to, pull some shit. I wasn't about it. No way. I don't know. I just, I need, I crave that competition. I just need some aspect of competition in my life. And man, that's playing college baseball. You get that in that atmosphere. You definitely get that competitive mindset. You have to be competitive if you want to survive in that, uh, in that area. 
especially collegiate sports, but I'm talking about specifically the junior college world. No one is safe. They say stuff to you. They try to get you to quit. They push you to your limits. Very minimal regulation with the junior college uh, population. You also had to be aware that somebody was watching you at all times. So you always had to be on your game. Something that was difficult for me in being such a competitive person was trying to compete with an injury because I couldn't go full throttle all day, every day. I always was having to gauge, do I need to take a step back? Do I need to let off the gas a little bit? But it was so hard mentally. I just wanted to be go, go, go. And <laughs> I remember we were in the uh, in our weight room. We had minimums. So there was like a minimum deadlift, a minimum single leg RDL, a minimum squat, just different exercises and minimum weights that you had to uh, lift. And for our squat, the minimum was 225. And now 225 for the average person, that's a good amount of weight, regardless if you're injured or not. But you throw 225 onto a broken vertebrae, that ain't fun. That is not fun. And I remember I was I was doing it and uh, when I would come out from underneath the squat rack, my back would be so locked up around where, at the time I didn't know, but around where the vertebrae was broken that I had to bend myself and kind of break myself out of that positioning like I was a board. And I remember my coach one time, he was like, yeah, hey, Kyle, I look good. How'd it feel? I'm trying to act like I'm not in pain. I was like, it's good, coach. It's really good. <laughs> I can't even breathe. He's like, that was some good form there. Oh, okay. Time to go ice and take about two weeks off. I don't know. I just didn't know how to, I didn't know how to take a, take a step back. And that was something that I really needed, especially being as injured as I was. But the toughest thing is definitely the internal battle that a, comp a competitive person has with themselves when they're in that situation. Because they're like, all right, I want to go. I want to get better. But at the same time, your body's like, hey, jackass, we're in extreme pain. I, 10 out of 10 times, your body's winning that battle, no matter what. I just, I hated that internal struggle. It was so frustrating. I really, I didn't know, I didn't know when to stop. But all in all, once, once I left, once I left that college and baseball was over and I get Kevin, oh, it com the competitive energy was just channeled directly into my dog. Kevin's a winner is what I'm saying. Bottom line, he's a stud. But when I got Kevin, I knew that I, I already knew this about myself and I knew that I was going to do everything 100%, especially when it came to a dog, a living thing. You can't just, it's, you don't play by your own rules. There are other rules that you now have to play by. But um, when I got him, I knew I was going to do everything I could to make sure his health, his training, and my love for him were going to be top of the line. I wasn't going to half-ass anything. And I feel like for the people that know me, they see that because I'm extremely obsessive. I mean, I'm OCD, so by nature, I'm obsessive, but I just love the hell out of my dog. And I'm like the I'm like the high school dad trying to coach his son from the stands. I feel like I'll always be like this with my dog. Hopefully not like this with my actual kids, but uh, my, my son's playing center field for the baseball team and I'm in the stands two steps to the left. He's holding up his 
his hands trying to figure out which way is left. And I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. I'm going out there showing him exactly where I want him. The, his coach is coming over to me. Hey, Kyle, we, uh, we can't have you walking out onto the field in the middle of the game. And I'm like, coach, look, I, uh, I don't know if you know this about me. I'm a competitive guy. I, uh, I've got, I played some college ball myself. I don't know. I'm just going to vicariously live through my dog and his success and then my children. But with Kevin, I do run a tight ship. I think it's super important. This is, uh, this is something that's, I don't know if it's important to all dog owners, but this is something that's very important to me because I, I first got Kevin when I was in college. And the thing about bringing a dog on a college campus is all eyes are always going to be on you. So, uh, I knew going into classes, he had to be on his best behavior. I had to be on my best behavior. Damn it. It's, it's important, especially, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to find your way through school, trying to figure out who you are. And you don't want to be the jackass with the dog. You want to be the guy with the really well-trained dog. And I was super proud of myself when people eventually started calling me Kevin's dad. I was like, okay, I've made it. I'm peaking. But I'll I'll never forget the first time that uh, I learned very quickly that uh, Kevin and I were going to have to come up with some system when we went in public. Uh, It was at a grocery store. And I'm thinking, okay, we're going to, I'm going to bring Kevin in here. We're just going to get some groceries, go back home. And I've got Kevin, he's on his leash. He's a little, he's a little puppy. And uh, I get a cart without even thinking about it, not thinking that he would be scared of it or anything. And Kevin freaked the hell out. He's like, whoa, what the hell? And then he, he calmed down a little bit and we're walking through the store and uh, Kevin, Kevin would keep freaking out. He's pulling me one way, the cart with of course, the one wheel that doesn't work is pulling me the other way. But today, I am very proud to say, wow, we are. I am today. I am like a human Swiss Army knife when it comes to taking Kevin in public. I can do anything. I am the master of multitasking with a dog. I'm walking in there. I've got Kevin in a heel on my left side, holding his leash. Sometimes even toss the leash in my back left pocket. I've got my phone out. I'm pushing the cart with my elbow, juggling a soccer ball on my right foot. I'm doing everything. The main thing with taking your dog in public is you always want it to seem like you have control. You want to convince everyone else that you're in full control when in reality, whenever you have a dog, you're never in full control. I mean, yeah, you can have them trained, whatever, but you you never have 100% predictability of what's going to happen. We have a good system. It's always in place. We show other people up. For instance, Kevin and I were at Panera uh, drinking coffee, doing our thing. We're sitting at our table and a couple tables over, there's these parents with these two kids, a mom and a dad with a boy and a girl, and they have no control over their kids. And the kids are just wreaking havoc, not giving a damn what their parents say. And I just kind of chuckle, you know, I'm like with my really well-trained dog and we're walking out of there. And as we're leaving, they're leaving behind us. And Kevin and I get to my car and uh, just a few spaces over is the uh, the parents are there trying to get their kids in the car. And um, Kevin and I have this really good system to get in the car. I put him in a sit at the end of the car and I open up the trunk and I actually have a ramp 
that I extend and I'll tell Kevin ramp up and he goes from his sit up the ramp into the car. It's almost robotic. It's just so quick and easy. And I look over and here are the parents trying to get their two crazy ass kids in the car. And as I'm putting Kevin in the car, the dad gives me this look like, "Mm, I wish I had a dog. (laughs) That looks way easier than having a child. And I'm looking back at him like, yeah, less expensive too. <laughs> Just tell him to go up a ramp. The ki- the parents are like grabbing the kids, like throwing them in the car. And he's like, get in the car. Stay there. I'm like, who's a good boy, Kevin? Who's a good boy? Ramp up, buddy. He gets up there. He's wagging his tail. The parents are on the verge of tears, crying, trying to get their kids in the car. Please. Just get in the car. No, they weren't crying, but you could tell that they wanted to. Me, I was happy as can be. Me and Kevin against the world. Uh, that is going to wrap up this week's episode of The Dog Father. Again, just have a system with your dog. You'll look cool as shit in public, and that's the goal. Uh, <laughs> we will be coming back next week with another episode, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at Dogfather Podcast. Uh, And shoot us some DMs of any dog topics you would like me to discuss uh, or human topics, either or. And remember, life's rough, so get a dog.